Ricky Long Podcast. Episode number seven, Ricky Long Podcast. another episode of the Rookie Long Podcast. The song you just heard there is from Linkin Park. It's called What I've Done. It was probably released in like 2000. I have recently just started listening to Linkin Park when I train. It's absolutely fantastic music to train to. Um, for no other reason, that I haven't listened to it for no other reason than I've just never thought of it. I'd obviously heard of Linkin Park. But I never actually listened to the music. It's not the sort of music I would listen to just sitting around the house or driving. But when I train, I really, really like it. And it's it's brought a complete new freshness to my productivity in the gym. Both what I'm getting done and just the mood that I'm in in the gym. Um, so I would highly recommend Lincoln Park. Uh, not sponsored by Lincoln Park. Um, there, are, there has been a message sent on Instagram. Um, to Lincoln Park to ask for a collaboration there yet to acknowledge it. <laughs> so a lot has been going on since my last podcast. I know most of you who listen to the podcast and subscribe, obviously thank you so much for doing that and leaving all the feedback and contributing um, to the podcast content because how I come up with the content is I basically just ask people, what do you want me to talk about? And we'll talk about this. Like I was saying, it's been a couple of weeks since I've done the last podcast, been both busy and productive. The biggest thing I've been doing is getting things sorted for Fit Ed Belfast. Uh, Fit Ed Belfast, it is a educational event. It's going to be in the National Stadium at Windsor Park on November 25th. The speakers I have lined up are fantastic. I'm so excited about these speakers. I've spoken with them individually about what they're going to talk about. And they're really excited, especially the Northern Irish-based speakers, because this this event is first of its kind in Northern Ireland. You know, this has never been done on the mainland. The mainland being Northern Ireland, FYI, just for anyone listening and just gets a little bit confused. Uh, sometimes England, Wales and Scotland is referred to as the mainland, but that's obviously geographically incorrect. And it's Northern Ireland, which is the mainland. Um, so this has never been done in Northern Ireland before. Uh, the speakers I have, I've got Johnny Hamilton, a.k.a. Jossie Pops, Steffi Loves, a.k.a. Steph McCluskey. I've got Ali Hart, I've got Hugh Davis, and I've got Terry Anderson. Uh, Hugh and Terry are coming over. Hugh's coming from Scotland. Terry's coming from Basingstoke. And the rest are Belfast-based. The content these guys are all going to give is, is great. They kind of sing from the same hymn sheet as me when it comes to fitness and health. That's you know why I want to work with them. They're all about simplicity, health, happiness, positivity, and having a that real healthy relationship healthy relationship in their talk with nutrition, training and mindset. First of its kind, it's going to be educational based where we're not 
doing workouts as such. It's all information based. The promise is everyone who comes will get first and foremost education on the three subjects nutrition mindset and training and secondly they'll be given the tools to write their own training plan there and then and continually assess this training plan moving forward for the rest of their life so they effectively become their own personal trainer their own personal programmer and what this means because i've got a lot of fitness professionals actually coming to it um, and they've been asking questions about it saying, Ricky, Ricky, are you, are you trying to put personal trainers out of business? Absolutely, 100% not. I am trying to give personal trainers a even bigger platform where they can actually start training their clients as opposed to being just the instructor. They'll be able to come to their clients and coach their clients, train their clients as opposed to having to instruct every little single thing. This will give the personal trainer the tools to pass this on to their clients so that personal trainer can do the stuff personal trainers want to do, which is actually coach and train people. And the education becomes part of that. Uh, the cost, uh, there's been a few questions about the cost of fit ed. The cost is £60 for a standard ticket. So let me break that down. It is £60 for a seven-hour day with six speakers. You work that out, it works out at £1.25 per person per hour. Most of the instructors and personal trainers in the UK, you could just about get one PT session with them for 60 quid. So for 60 quid, I'm giving you six of us for seven hours. That is incredibly good value. And I urge you, if you want to make the best of your fitness and education, come and see me. Send me a message off the back of this podcast. Contact me elsewhere on social. And I will help you with any questions you have and direct you where to go to come to this event. November 25th, Windsor Park, the National Stadium, Belfast, Northern Ireland, the mainlands. So a couple of questions I had from the podcast, the podcast, no this is the podcast, a couple of questions we're going to answer on the podcast is, uh, I had a great question which was from Shemaine and it was leg press be the squat, what's better, what's the best, why choose one and why choose the other, great question. Um, both of these bits of kit, if we can think about the squat rack and the leg press, both of these bits of kit you'll probably see in just about every gym on the land. Um, both of them train a lot of muscles at once, allow you to lift potentially a lot of weight, um, get build a lot of strength, burn a lot of calories, uh, real, real good training tools. They both have their place and the benefit. I wouldn't sit here and say, one is better than the other. They both have their uses. So I'll just give you five benefits of, of each. So we'll start with the squat. The benefits of the squat. First and foremost, it's going to create core stability because you have to create and keep and maintain an upright posture under tension. 
It teaches you mobility and stability through the joints of the hips, knees and ankles, which helps first and foremost safety and injury prevention and strength. Thirdly, because you're standing up, you're actually going to burn a lot of energy just under pressure when you're doing that move. The squat will improve your triple extension ability, which is the ankles, the knees, and the hips going into extension of each joint. Three of them add up to triple extension, which is a fantastic athletic component that we should all try and improve in our fitness. And the fifth one, you know what? Squat's a squat. If you can learn how to stand up and take relative weight on your back, it's going to put you in a great position for the rest of your life. Five benefits of the leg press. Generally speaking, you'll be able to lift a heavier weight on the leg press than you will a squat. So you can provoke more strength gains, more calorie burn. Secondly, on the leg press, now this is this is just a lazy one for me, um, but it's it's true. If you don't have a lot of time in the gym, the squat rack can be a little bit time consuming to set up and get the right weights on each side and get the clips on and blah, blah, blah. Where leg press can just be moving a pin up and down a stack. So it can be more time efficient. Thirdly, there are a lot of different types of leg presses which allow a lot of different feels. So there's the traditional leg press which will be horizontal. There's two ways that will go. Sometimes the seat will move back and forwards as you press. Sometimes the foot platform will move back and forwards when you press. So this gives different feels and different stimuli. As you can also, when you've got that foot platform, you can move your feet around a lot on that platform, which you can't really do when you squat with the same effectiveness. But you can move your feet around on a platform. You can target different muscles around the thighs, around the calves, around the shins, around the ankles, and even into the core. So you can play with that. You can also get the 45 degree leg press. Normally it's a weight loaded one in gyms, which again just changes the angle slightly. If you get deep enough in that, a 90 degree bend in the knees, you're gonna really get deep into your glutes and hamstrings. Again, when you squat, it does tend to be maybe 60, 70%, I'm generalizing here, 60, 70% quad dominant. But you get on a 45 degree leg press, it can bring the hamstrings and glutes into it a bit more. In old school gyms, you don't see these too often anymore. You'll sometimes see the hack squat. So a hack squat is your vertical and it puts all the work onto the quads. Yeah, you might have to go to some specialist strength conditioning gyms to see them. If you're unsure what I'm talking about, definitely look it up on Google and see if you can find one locally in your area just to try. Real, real good bit of kit. Uh, fourth one for the leg press is... Again, kind of touching on one of the ones I said earlier about they're time efficient. You'll often go in the gym and the squat rack's really popular, not just for squats, for deadlifts, cleans, overhead presses, calf raises, bicep curls, much to my disgust. Often you can get onto the leg press and you can even work in with people on the leg press. So not only is it time efficient, it's also just easier to use at times when, because it'll tend to be free, more than a squat rack is free. And the fifth one, why to use the leg press instead of squatting, or why to squat instead of using the leg press, just mix up your training. Yeah, change things around.
as soon as something feels easy you've probably reached some sort of plateau so get up change it you know machines got a bad reputation for a while I'd be guilty of slagging off the resistance machines in the gym um, but they do definitely have their place you just need to get that balance between free rates and resistance training generally on a resistance machine you can lift the heavier weight if you're lifting a heavier weight you're going to be strengthening the main muscles generally when you're doing free weights you'll lift slightly lighter but because it's a free weight you're going to use the stability muscles you're going to use more muscles maybe less intense weight so you're going to get the stability effect the proprioception effect resistance training effect mix and match the next question we had was just some tips to managing triggers um now, before I go into this, I'll, I'll explain what a trigger is. So, a trigger is something that you know causes mental stress, anxiety, uh, depression, whatever it might be. And triggers can come and go, they can change, and they can evolve. And I'm no expert. This is just my opinion, you know, what I notice of myself and what I probably overcome on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. I'm no life coach, I've no psychology degree or anything like that. I've just experienced of what I've seen. Um so a couple couple of tips I've got I think I've written down five here. One, two, yeah there's five. So I'll just chat through these. The first one is you've got to take responsibility for your actions. So you gotta accept yourself as powerful instead of as a victim to remove the self-deception. When you seek to identify what is triggering you and how you feel in the moment, you can give yourself the chance to feel differently if you want to. You can also have more clarity on what you need to do or what you need to ask for in order to get help and change your circumstances. What's the help? What can help you is if you ask yourself a series of questions. Um, like you, question I always ask what would my life my moment look like right now if I was in control of this reaction and then that can make the trigger seem less important because even that thought starts to give you back control uh, another let's call these did I call them bullet points or steps um, the second step is to Kind of just acknowledge, recognizing that you're having an emotional reaction as soon as you can. Yeah, so uh, I've batted this round in social media just a, a little bit before. Um, how you are a perception of your thoughts. And everything that you see and experience in a day is your own perception. That's why we're often really, really good. We as humans, people, we're often really good at sorting out other people's problems and giving help and advice rather than our own. Because when we're in our own little bubble of our little world, it's very easy to lose and change that perception and it becomes something that's not. Whereas we can look at somebody else's bubble from that more neutral standpoint. So if you can recognise yourself that you're starting to have an emotional reaction certain signs can be obviously how you're feeling 
the rate of breathing, your blood flow, tension in your muscles. Maybe you've got some gut complaints. Um, in extreme cases, maybe you know you're even shaking because your blood pressure is that high. You can have a little tremor both in your movement and your voice. And it's the sooner you recognize that you're actually breathing quickly that you can start to step back and think, this is me starting to get triggered. What's happened? And then talk about it as fact in your head. What are the facts that have happened? As if it's about someone else. You can't judge or fear your emotions. Emotions are emotions. But what you can learn to do is understand what's going on. Third thing is if the emotion is related to fear, sadness, anger, the third step is determine what triggered that emotion. So what do you think you lost or what did you not get that you expected or desired to have? You know, the, the quicker you notice an emotion is triggered, the sooner you can discover what the threat is or not. So going back to point two, the sooner you re step out of that bubble and you can look what caused this trigger. What is it? What is the fact? You know, think about the common emotional triggers, meaning that when you react, you feel as though you aren't getting or you will not get. So acceptance, respect, maybe you're looking to be understood, maybe you want to be needed, maybe you don't feel valued, you want to be valued. Have you been treated fairly or unfairly? Comf do you need comforted? Do you need more freedom? Do you need more consistency, order, do you need love from other people, do you need self-love, so they're all kind of, and there's loads more, but you know, I don't want to go on too much, they're all common sources of anxiety, sadness and depression, so it's once you can identify what the, f the cause of one is and how that's making you feel, you can get a hold of it, your needs aren't bad, they're not something to I said this at the start, they're not something to be feared. You have needs because at some point in your life, the needs served you. For example, if you now feel that you need to be liked more in a certain situation, well, it's because you've been liked before and you have a craving for that level of value. If you aren't being understood, maybe it's a work thing and you feel really really anxious about work because you're not being understood, your ideas aren't being heard and aren't being understood. Well, maybe that's because at a time in your life, you were understood. So you can go back to that point in your head and why were you being understood then and why are you not being understood now? And it can help you get a grip on those triggers. The fourth step is you can choose what you want to feel and what you want to do. So. This is very popular right now in the world of mindset and you can self-program and reprogram your brain. The example is the athlete in the Olympics. If you were to go to any of the world-class athletes and ask an athlete, are you nervous? They will say no, they are excited. They tell themselves they're excited because the emotions are similar. When you get nervous, your hands go clammy, your heart rate gets up, you might start sweating, you might become shorter in breath. When you're excited, guess what? It's all the same symptoms. And they have programmed themselves to recognize nerves as excitement. Pammy clams, 
heart rate goes high, sweaty, shortness of breath. And you can do that with anxiety itself. So instead of thinking you're anxious about something about to happen, you're excited about something that's going to happen. So depression is worried about what's happened in the past, which you cannot control. And anxiety is worrying about what's going to happen in the future. And if you can tell yourself you're excited about something and keep saying that, your brain will start to believe you. And then the fifth one, kind of, well, I feel like I'm about to contradict what I just said, but I'll try and word it well, is you can shift your emotional state as well. So you can practice this step at any time when you first notice a trigger happening or you know you're deep into a trigger and emotional state, you can determine what you do next. So you can stop what you're doing, relax, breathe, focus on deep breaths, releasing tension in the body, almost a little bit of self, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Meditation. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. Uh, you can detach yourself from it, so you can think about something else, something that is either a less stressful situation or that's maybe just removed, exciting, something that you're passionate about. You can focus on one key word that represents how you want to feel in this moment. So bringing us back to point four, as you can program yourself, this is where this comes back together. If you are anxious about something, something's filling you with the fear, with the dread, you breathe in and focus on the words you want to feel like, that can really help you decrease your level of anxiety. Whew. That went deep there for a while, didn't it? I wasn't expecting that. I didn't expect to go off. I've written down four or five bullet points there and I just kind of went off and stuff. Like I said, at the start, I'm no psychologist or anything even close this is just what I kind of practice myself <laughs> all right the next one we have um how does fasting affect the insulin levels in your body now the, the truth is with this one it's going to be different for everyone if you have insulin production sensitivity, it's going to be very, very different for you. Um, so first of all, kind of in, in layman's terms, what is insulin? Insulin is what controls the sugar in your blood. So when you eat, your body breaks down your food. The glucose from sugar goes, the, sorry, the glucose from your food goes into your bloodstream for transport to your cells. Glucose gives your cells the fuel they need to do their jobs, energy. Insulin is a hormone that tells your cells to accept their delivery of glucose is fuel. So when your body gets a signal that you've eaten, the cells in your pancreas that produce the insulin tells your cells to absorb the glucose. When you don't have insulin, for example, diabetes, diabetics rather, um, they will, how do I, there's a couple of types of diabetes which I, I don't really want to get into in this one. Um, so basically once your body senses that glucose there's a lot of glucose in your bloodstream for a while, it stores it as fat for later because it thinks your cells don't need it now. This can be why, can be, now there's a lot of other factors before anyone tries to trip me up. I know what you're like. When 
this can be why diabetics can be prone to fat store because they produce too much insulin at the wrong times. So how fasting comes into this is when you fast, your body isn't getting the sugar rush in to the bloodstream. Therefore, the pancreas does not need to produce insulin. First and foremost, the pancreas gets a break and there's a lot of suggestive evidence to say that this helps reset the pancreas. Basically gives it a rest. So it means when it has to work again, it can work at a more efficient level. And the second side of this, what, what fast, why fasting has got really, really popular recently is because it helps people create a calorie deficit. Because you're essentially just either skipping a meal one day a week or you may be having three meals a day for six days a week and then on day seven you're not eating at all and it just helps you create that calorie deficit. I've said this before on social and on podcasts, if you live a high energy active life, if you do a lot of exercise, doing fasting is very, very difficult. Never mind the insulin effects. It's just very, very difficult because you're going to want the supply of fuel and energy. So I would say if you're training more than two hours per day, fasting is going to be very, very challenging for anyone to complete. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, the next one we had was on carb loading. So how do we carb load like the day before events or the day before exercise? This one is really, really tricky to judge. This one can trip a lot of people up. It's not something I consciously practice. It is something I do. Um, so how I do carb loading is if I know I'm going to be very, very active the, the next morning, I'll try to train on an empty stomach that morning. Um, but this would have to be quite early in the morning, like within, I would say an hour, not even two hours, to have me waking up. Because if it's any longer than that, I'm just hungry and I would need to eat. So it's got to be the first hour that you wake up and it would be the night before where you would basically have a lot of carbs. These carbs need to be good carbs. It's not an excuse to sit down at 10 o'clock at night watching Big Brother, watching Love Island, whatever it might be, sit down with a tub of Ben and Jerry's and a tub of minstrels. That's that's not the crack. That's not what we're doing. You want to sit down and you want to eat all your good carbs, your whole carbs. There's a massive list I could go into um, you know, your whole breads would be fine, your whole rices would be fine. Even some white white rice and bread will be fine as long as it's not in excess of your daily calorie intake. So in essence, what you could do if you know one well, at the time of recording this is Wednesday. So if I were to go hard in a workout on Thursday morning, I could relax my carbs for breakfast and lunch today which is Wednesday and then on Wednesday night eat my day's worth of carbs whenever that might be up to 200 grams maybe left and I can use that energy for the next morning 
That's kind of the nice way to look at it. Carb loading is an excuse to go over your daily amount of carbs according to your macros. Um, carb loading is just a way to manipulate the carb intake per day per week. If you're unsure, send us a message and I'll help you work out what your carbs are for you per day and per week. I'll look at your training week and if I see, oh, you're going to train really, really hard and for a long time on Friday morning, well, I'll make sure on Thursday afternoon you're going to get a large percentage of your carbs in then. So if you have energy to burn the next morning, essentially without having to have a big breakfast. I'm a little I'm there as well. How long is this so far? 30 minutes? 30 minutes? Well, 29 minutes, but even still. Oh. Uh, the next one is kind of kind of cool because we're going to talk about coffee and everybody loves coffee yeah it's coffee and the, the benefits of training coffee is not the benefit of training caffeine is the benefit of training caffeine is a stimulant your body likes stimulants that's why they get addictive in certain situations to get, there's loads of stats around there of how much caffeine you should have, how soon before a workout, depending on your height, your weight, your sex, your gender, all the rest of it. It might depend. In truth, there's a whole lot of other variables like how much you've eaten that day, that week, and how much sleep you've had. So there's a whole lot of variables. I say to people, it is perfectly okay to have about 150 to 200 uh, milligrams of caffeine about an hour before you train maybe half an hour for some people especially smaller people i'll use that word kind of just exactly how i said it smaller won't go into that through fear of running off on a tangent um caffeine will take a while to get into your system and That'll be different for each person on each day. So for me, if it takes me a good 30, 40 minutes for me to get a caffeine kick. And the other side of it is if you're always relying on caffeine before a workout, your body just basically builds up an intolerance where you don't feel it anymore. And all of a sudden that 150 milligrams, what I spoke about, isn't enough. And you need 300. And then all of a sudden that won't be enough. And you'll need 450. All of a sudden, that isn't enough. And soon enough, you're just having these coffee rebound effects. And you, these this can develop problems in itself, like adrenal fatigue, uh, burnouts. Uh, you can get quite bad gut problems, health problems. Um, if you're always putting caffeine into your body, you know, your body's got to absorb and digest it. I recommend people cycle caffeine use before the train. Either just selecting two or three workouts per week where they are going to have caffeine before they train. Or maybe go two weeks out of every six weeks, eight weeks, where they have no caffeine at all. But in the four weeks of training, they can have caffeine pretty much every time they train. Yeah, you know, caffeine, caffeine is that stimulant. It increases blood flow. It causes both, this is complicated, 
it causes both vasodilation and vasoconstriction. So vasodilation is the opening of vessels and arteries and constriction is the tightening of vessels and arteries. And that's different all over the body and people's makeups are very, very different in that. The reason why it increases the blood flow is the constriction makes the blood pump faster and through certain veins and arteries and the dilation makes makes the arteries and vessels open so more blood can get through and that's different all over the body it is person dependent it's actually training dependent as well um, and it depends what your blood pressure is doing that day so caffeine will often put your resting heart rate bpm up and your blood pressure up so when you train you're getting more blood flow and you can often reach higher intensities than you could when compared with not having caffeine. Ah, oh. I've just sat back in the chair. This is this has been a long one. This has been a long one. Um. So that yeah, that that was the Ricky Long podcast. How many episodes is that? It's got to be like six or seven episodes right now. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, last week I was in Belfast for a social media conference with Only Just Lucy. In fact, I'm going to tag you in this. Um, she ran a absolutely fantastic event, and it was all about how to grow your social media presence, either as a creator, an influencer, whether you're trying to sell yourself, sell products, help people, just generally promote your brand it was absolutely fantastic and I took a lot out of it it was a self-development day for me it was in that category but it was way off the beaten track it wasn't the sort of things I would normally do the sort of things I normally do are all about mindset nutrition training they're about business so this was yeah it was closely linked to all of that I suppose but it was definitely off the beaten track so my message to you, the listener, is self-development. What are you doing that is going to improve your life? So just right under that life umbrella, personal, work, relationships, wealth, personal health. What can you do? to help yourself are there courses in your local area you can look at are there workshops are there is there different content on youtube that you could be consuming to help improve you instead of having a thumb roll through your friends instagram you know instead of thumb rolling through my instagram why don't you go onto youtube and type in the 10 best ways to improve my mindset 10 best ways to clean my house faster the 10 best ways to learn how to use youtube the 10 best ways to train my dog and all of a sudden you can actually learn something in five or ten minutes just online for free for nothing i think this has been okay this one's been all right i'm interested to listen to this back uh this is a new location, a filming location. We're in the office section of the house here in Gurukh. 
less distractions in here. Small little room, it's quite echoey. So I am keen to listen to this back, see how it goes. As ever, thank you very much for listening to the Wiki Long Podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you, for you. I will see you next week. Love you, bye.